Come on, let's lift those hearts with our hands. Take a moment to praise the living God for the privilege to be in his house and to worship him. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Oh, Lord, I praise you. My God, my God, my God, how much we need you, Lord. How much we need your presence and your glory, your holy hand and mighty anointing. Oh, God, thank you. Oh, God, I bless you. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'm turning to the book of Genesis this morning. Chapter 1. Very glad for each and every one of you that are here. We want to worship him, spirit and truth, and get our minds right on him. Oh, yes. Thank you, dear God. Here in uh, Genesis chapter 1, beginning with verse 14, 1 and 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Verse 17, and God set, everybody said set, them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. As you look at God's word, believing that all scripture, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and that it's all profitable, it's going to help you. I want to get on the prophet side of the ledger, you know. I don't want to be on the negative side. I'll be on the positive side. Amen. Everybody said hallelujah. Let's give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. Come on. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Holy, great, and mighty God, thou art the king. Okay, as you look at the first chronicles with me this morning, I'm almost through reading the Bible through. Again, and uh, I'm very thankful and happy about that. I'm trying to get my finishing kick. Just got a few books to go, and and I'll have it marked off again, and that only to start all over, which I really have done. I try to keep it rolling and make it overlap, you know. But uh, in First Chronicles, I'm going to read to you a biblical account in verse 10. This is First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 10. These also are the chief of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom and with all Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. 
And this is the number of the mighty men whom David had. And then you get into these wonderful names, Jashobim and Achmanite, the chief of the captains. He lifted up his spear against 300 slain by him at one time. And after him was El Eleazar. Love it. I don't want anybody to name their kids these names, okay? The son of, now if you want this one, the son of Dodo. I mean, you know, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Ahohite, -Ah who was one of the three mighties. He was with David at past Amram, and there the Philistines were gathered together to battle, where was a parcel of ground full of barley, and the people fled from before the Philistines. And they set themselves, verse 14, and they set themselves in the midst of that parcel and delivered it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord saved them by a great deliverance. There are things that God has done, as we read in Genesis. He set sun, moon, stars. And what God put, it's going to be there until he's done with it. I did read in the scripture where the certain thing going to happen to the sun, certain thing going to happen to the moon, stars are going to fall like a piece of fruit on a tree that's shaken in an untimely season, and it would fall. It has been pointed out that the smallest star is bigger than our planet, the smallest one. And so going to be quite a experience if you're alive and here on Earth when a star bigger than this planet is headed right for it. My goodness, what kind of collision is that going to be? What kind of damage is that going to do? What kind of fear should be in the hearts of people that are ignoring the teachings of God's Word, ignoring His Spirit? But what kind of thrill and excitement should be in the hearts of them that believe God, trust God, look to God, worship God, and are living for that day when He's going to return for his waiting church, his waiting bride. This has to be real in your heart, this experience and all that's built around it. For you, as the Apostle Paul said, that he was set for the defense of the gospel. That you're not going to, you know, they used to, when I was a young man, last year, <laughs> uh, but when I was a, a kid and we, we played football and, and uh, the coach used to come by and you'd have to get in your, what they called a three-point stance, and uh, they'd come when you weren't ready and they'd hit you from any angle. They'd sneak up on you and uh, they wanted to see if you were set. They wanted to see if you were fixed firmly, checking that balance, want to make sure you had balance. I one time had a young man that came to church here in the early, early days, 
And uh, kind of back when the Castillo family was one of the first families that we dealt with here. And uh, this is way back in around 75, 76. And uh, this young man was a, a wrestler at the public school. He was a Spanish boy. And um, he came to church, and a lot of the different ones connected, including some of Sister Mary's brothers. And, um, but this young man, he was, he was a good wrestler. And he told me one day, I guess I was feeling my oats, and I thought maybe I wanted to you know, have a little fun with him and, and interact with him and what have you. And so he got down on all fours, and he said, okay. And so I attempted to move him. He wasn't moving. He was like going against the mountain. And he wasn't a big guy. I mean, he was maybe five foot five or six. And uh, he was well built, but he, he wasn't tall or, you know, 300 pounds either. And um, I know when he graduated from high school, he would get involved with uh, what they call AAU, and, uh, which was like the next level up. Some of those guys would be so huge, and they told me that he would go out there on the mat. The next thing you know, that guy was flat on his back, and he won the match. And it was time and time and time again, and they'd get up and they'd look at this small guy, you know. But uh, he knew how to set himself. He had great balance along with his strength. And uh, here Paul said there were many. You have to understand there were many, many pressures that came against the, the work of God. It's always going to be that way until Jesus returns for his church. It's going to be a wonderful day when the devil gets shut up. Boy, I like the way it said that in the scripture. <laughs> he shut him up. <laughs> well, I'm going to take that in a twofold meaning, you know. They're going to shut him up in like a closet or if you pit, a pit or something. And, and at the same time, they're going to shut him up not going to be able to run his mouth anymore. Oh, yeah. And he's very slick about that. He's very subtle. Paul said he was jealous over the body of Christ uh, because of the subtility, the sneakiness, the slyness of the devil. Uh, no marvel, he said, he can be turned into an angel of light. He can look like a messenger of truth when he's... Nowhere near that. You know. It's important as you're placed in the body of Christ. Again, the scripture said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just like it said in Genesis chapter 1, that God set. Well, in Genesis, it was the lights. Sun, the moon, the stars. 1 Corinthians twice talked about setting certain ones, certain callings in the body of Christ. God set them there. God did that. And you know, when God sets something, he, he more or less puts it there to be what he inspired the, the prophet to say, be unmovable. Be unmovable. You get set. Nothing can sneak up on you and knock you off balance. Because you're set. You're isn't it also written, set your affections 
on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Get your mind on the heavenly things. Get your mind on the holy things. Get your mind on the things that matter and that count. If you're plugged into this world and you've just got to know every bit of news, every little thing, they'll keep you going and going. They'll string you out. You know, it's just like a, a fisherman and he lets the fish run. He'll let them run. He'll let them take that hook and bait in his mouth and take off and go, go, go. But all the while, he's slowly and gradually reeling it in. And at some point, he jerks it just right and sets that hook real good. And he's got that fish. Next thing you know, he's got it in close enough, putting it in a net and putting it on the boat, depending on the size of it, how big that net would have to be, huh? But uh, the thing that I want you to see is God set something in the church, just like he set something in the heavens. He didn't want it to be moved. He doesn't want it to be all shaken up. God wants what he put in the church to be fixed and firm and solid, unmovable, always abounding in his work, about his business. For you to also get some things set in your mind. In other words, it's not, it's not a movable thing. It's not a today it's this and tomorrow it's that. But it's set. It's set. It's solid. It's firmly fixed in your mind. I'm, by God's help and grace, I'm convinced there's things set in my mind, settled in my mind. Jesus said you must be born again. That word must is a, is a word that means it's set. It's firmly fixed. It's not debatable. It's not negotiable. It's not that way today and it's going to be different tomorrow. Is it not written with him? It's yea and yea and an amen is an amen. You're not going to wake up, you know, on Monday, and Mondays are not the best day sometimes, right? But you're not going to wake up on a Monday and this gospel be different. The weather may be different. Most likely it will be. And you're, I, I told, called Seensfeld early this morning, <clears throat> and I told her, I said, there's, and this was not my first time here this morning, but on one of my times here this morning, I called and I called back and I said, oh man, I said, the, the, uh, the sky is, is so blue. I said, and I had to hunt for a cloud and I, f I finally found one to the north. It was just a, a wisp. And then I, when I came back later on, I didn't even notice I was so intent. My mind was on things and I got home and I got her and Sunday school stuff loaded up and we came outside and there were white puffy clouds everywhere. And I said, wow, where'd they come from? And there wasn't one here before. You know? Not that way with God, though. Lots of things are going to change, church family. But God is not going to change. He said, I'm the Lord thy God, and I change not. And there's a lot of security in that. There's a lot of good feeling in that. I'm glad that I can talk to him, and I can ask him to meet with us according to his word. The scripture that cannot be broken. The reason why 
they didn't break the legs of Jesus Christ when he gave up the ghost on the cross because it was written. It was written, not a bone of him be broken. The scriptures cannot be broken. There's things in there that have good, deep meaning. People can argue all they want, and they do. Yeah, oh, people can talk, and they can argue, and they can, a whole bunch of words. And I'm sorry, if you're dull enough to listen, well, you're just putting yourself in harm's way. Far better, far better that you get set. You get a fixed, firm belief system working in you. That you're taking after God who said, I'm the Lord, thy God, and I change not. That you get that way. That this is right. This is settled in my mind. This is what I know, I believe, and I'm not changing from what is scriptural, chapter and verse, subject matter. Not going to be moved away from the hope that is in the gospel. Not going to let that happen. Oh, yeah. Not open for debate. Not at all. A lot of times in witnessing, talking to people, you know, and I just have to sit there and rein myself back in and just be, huh, 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 huh. you know, just be very polite. And when they finally finish their drivel, then, you know, I can unload both barrels of my shotgun, <laughs> my Holy Ghost shotgun. I can give them what the Word of the Lord says, what chapter and verse says. I like to get ahead of them. I like to get ahead of them before. I told you, I had a guy the other night, he, we were trying to have a little quiet sit down together. Seems fell to nine. I think we had two others from the church, and, and uh, this guy appears out of nowhere. And he, he just starts in, and, and he wants to shake my hand, and, and okay, nothing wrong with that, I guess. But then he, he starts telling me, first shake is for father, second shake is for son, third shake is for the Holy Ghost. And everything out of his mouth was something silly and childish like that. And uh, I finally got him away and got him over to where he was sitting with his wife. And I, I planted myself there rather firmly. And I, I was set then. I was set to give him the truth, which is what I did by the grace of God. But you know, I'm telling you, and I meet people. I meet them at the post office. I meet people all over. And they're just so full not only of themselves, but they're just full of utter nonsense. We're built upon a foundation, the book said. Come on, we're built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We're set on that foundation. We're not a movable thing here. Come on. The Bible said in Proverbs about that woman whose feet go down to hell, said it's, her ways are movable. You don't want to be involved with the movable. You want to be involved with the immovable. In the truth, in the gospel. The message of God. <coughs> Paul said, I know in whom I believed. You got to get some backbone about you. You got to get some guts. You got to get some Holy Ghost fire going. Amen. When somebody comes around to test your balance, you're immovable. You're set. Your affections are set. You're not up and down. One day I'm on fire. Woo! I'm on fire. Look at me. Woo! And the next day, 
And it's in the Bible. I mean, it's in the Bible. God help me. It's in the dictionary. <laughs> the word schlep. Schlep. You just look like you're just so tired. And so just schlepping along. Can't hardly put one foot behind. <laughs> Let's get some balance here. Let's get set. Let's get fired up. Let's tell God, come on. You've given me the truth here. You've given me the great gospel of Jesus Christ. You, I'm not going to mope around. I'm not going to schlep around. We fired up by God's glory, God's grace, God's love, God's mercy. Be seated. The Lord bless you. And if you want to stand the whole service with me, that's fine. I'm, I'm all for it. But usually somebody's dogs start barking. Amen. And then I get a sermon at home about how long I made everybody stand. <laughs> so I have to keep that in the back of my mind. So they were this great man, this solid, mighty man of valor. He was with David at Pandanarim. And there the Philistines were gathered together to battle. The enemy, the enemy has come. And, and you might be interested to know that the of course, if you go back, you go back to Adam and Eve. You know that as you work your way down. And, uh, you know, you're reading name after name after name after name in genealogies. But you can find out where those Philistines came from. Yeah. yeah. Be careful what you generate. You know, you can get something started in your home, in your heart, in your life. And you're, you're going to birth something into your kids. All right? It's tough enough, challenging enough when you're, when you're doing it right. When you're paying particular attention. You know? You know, sometimes moms are like, uh, they put something. They set it on the shelf. Brother, it better be there. You know? I think everything in our home is a compilation of 48 years of marriage. And uh, I'm going to tell you that 99% of it, and I'm not woofing, I'm not exaggerating, 99% of it is second-handed. Very rare for us to buy something, you know, fresh right off the the deal there, the floor. Uh-uh. Find those nice consignment sales and stuff like that and those wonderful places that seems Fell loves to go to, like Goodwill. And I was, uh, we were looking for something yesterday and we couldn't find it. And we had gotten some getting ready for Sunday school and all of that. And, uh, it was amazing. We, uh, we passed a place, and all of a sudden she exclaimed. Then she breaks out into song about, and I can't sing it, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's the Dollar Tree song. It was a super Dollar Tree. It was a big one. I said, Oh God, why did I come this way? <laughs> I, I quickly tell her, You know, I think Sister Mila would like this place. Maybe you should hook up with her, and, you know, I'll do something else that day. Yeah, yeah, oh Lord, help us, help us. <laughs> but I'm trying to tell you that you let God 
Get some things in your life and set them there. Some things that count, some things that matter. You know. You get rooted, you get grounded, you get settled. You get you get excited about about God. You learn to put a a true value on things. Again, my wife can walk into a, a goodwill and to me. It's all a bunch of junk. You know, I'm just whistling around. Hmm, hmm, hmm. when we're leaving. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Can't wait to go. Hmm, hmm, hmm. And then all of a sudden I hear, oh, yes, yes, dear, what is it? <laughs> and then she'll have some little dish or something in her hand. Do you know what this is? And I'm straining my brain, you know, every brain cell to come up with a good answer. <laughs> and I'll go, it's a dish. No, no, no. It's not just a dish. Look over here on the back. Look at the fine print. Yeah. I laugh. We had a, t a preacher's wife. He, her family, they stayed. He was preaching for us, and, and they were in our evangelist quarters. And, and uh, one morning, I'm having a bowl of cereal, right? And uh, somewhere down the road, the preacher's wife made a comment and said, she had the bowl out. She's looking at it. Right then I knew there was going to be a problem. And he said, um, said, not everybody has breakfast with Limoges. Who's Limoges? Mr. Limoges, Brother Limoges, Sister Limoges? I don't know. Who's Limoges? <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. Plus the fact that she's looking at my, my chipped breakfast bowl, which came from my Grandmother was probably a her bowl when she ate breakfast, and she died at ninety. You know, <laughs> I guess that was important to her. You know what? That's not important to me. Acts two thirty eight is important to me. John three five is important to me. But some chipped piece of plaster or whatever they make that stuff out of a porcelain is not important to me. And that doesn't mean I don't believe in taking care of what God trusts me with. Oh, I do. I do. I do. Because mm -hmm. you know, if you don't take care of what God trusts you with, he's not going to give you more. So you got you to take care of things. You got to take care of business. But the most important thing to take care of, Paul said, I'm set for the defense of the gospel. The Bible said here, David, and his mighty men, they were, they were getting whooped. The Philistines were pretty much surrounding them, and they were something that they generated themselves was beating them up, bringing all kinds of mess. Anytime you Philistines and the Israelites got together, they scrapped, right? They were always duking it out. But the Bible said here, and once again, let me read it to you, that David, where he was at, and how the battle and the parcel of barley, the people fled. They ran away from before the Philistines. Verse 14, and they set themselves in the midst of that parcel, and they delivered it, and they slew the Philistines. And the Lord saved them 
by a great deliverance. Now, let's, you got to get something straight here. You've got to make up your mind. I believe this book. All scripture is given by the inspiration. I believe this book. I know in whom I believe. You've got to set your affection on things above. Come on. You've got to set yourself for the defense of the gospel, for the defense of the things that your church, your pastor, your leadership stand for, and not budge. And do it, of course, with the right spirit and a right attitude, but you are firmly fixed. You're not budging. You ain't moving. I'm telling you, when I buckled into old Carlos, I couldn't move that young man. And there he was just on all fours. Until finally I slapped him in the neck and I hit him. He said, oh, now you're going to get nasty. Huh? And I thought, oh, boy. <laughs> he might come out of that four-point stance and decide to show me a few moves. <laughs> He'd been, to, he'd been to state, you know, and, and won some pl place up there somehow. Oh, man, come on. You, we've got to let people know. You've got to let them know where you stand, church family. You've got to let them know you're in the body of Christ. You're in the church. You're going to live for God. Come hell, and it will, or high water, and it will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. God set me in the church. When he baptized me with the Holy Ghost, when I was baptized in Jesus' name, when I was born again of water and the Spirit, God set me in the body. He put me in the church. Oh, yeah. And everybody said, praise the Lord. I was thinking about, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes they have these little things for kids, you know, and I don't know, there's slinkies and springs and all these things. And, and, uh, but you know, it's on a spring and the eyeball is hanging out, bong, 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 you know, and, and the arm is hanging off, bong, 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 you know, but that's, that's, that's just Mattel or something. That's just manufacture of toys. That's not reality. That's not truth. All right. We're not coming all loose at the joints here. We're not. One day it's this way, and the next day it's the other way. and we're not, we're not built to be like that. When the enemy comes up in our face and he challenges us, we have to show him that we're set. We've got balance. We've got balance. There's people that have gotten involved with a lot of very foolish things. Oh, yeah, you know, I... I I'm telling you, people want to squawk sometimes. And uh, they get all upset about, I've had people tell me, I just don't understand. You know, all of a sudden, they don't understand. 20-something years, now they don't understand. You know, all that's telling me is a whole lot of flesh going on there. That's all that tells me. They're backing up. I told you we used to have a guy at the radio station when the radio station was up here, just past John Deere in the, that area. And uh, he'd, he'd, he'd get done what he called preaching. I had a guy yesterday at the uh, office depot. And I heard him. I heard him, and he said, he said uh, something about that's amen and forever. And I heard that. I picked that up. And I turned and I, 
I looked at him and I said, now you're getting in my field. I said, I'm, I'm a preacher. And he said, well, he said, I'm, I'm ordained, but I'm not a preacher. I said, huh? He said he was ordained to perform wedding ceremonies. Oh, okay. Wedding ceremonies. That's great. Well, I said, you know what? If you can do tie the knot in those and it be forever and amen, I said, that's a good thing in this world. Because probably divorce is probably about 50%. For every, every two that go to the altar to get married, one of them turns and goes back. So if you can tie that knot and they can, you know, but it's, you see, it's going to take more than just you. And I'm all for that. Get excited. Jump up and down. Get happy. Speak in other tongues. The Spirit gives you. Yes, yes, yes. Get saved. But then there's this stay saved thing. <laughs> yeah. After the first couple of shouts, we'd like you to still be around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not in one of those revolving doors, you know. <laughs> you can get mighty dizzy in those things and bump yourself all over the place, you know. Oh. Mm -mm. No, you want to get set. This is who I am. This is what I believe. This is the message, the message of God, the truth of God. I'm not going to be up and down here. And whatever little bit of moving, if I get a little bit, I don't know how it is for you, Brother David, but if I get a little bit to the right on the road, my wife is, <laughs> and I'm going, what's wrong with you, girl? She goes, you're too close to that car. <laughs> I said, honey, they give you a little latitude between these lines, you know. <laughs> You know, you, you don't just drive just like this. You, know, you, you get a little room here. <laughs> I said, girl, 48 years, never had a wreck. I said, come on. Not even a bump or a fender bender, you know? Yeah. It's a pretty good record, I think. Of course, when I'm speeding, the cop don't care a thing about how good I've driven all those years. <laughs> so I have to slow it down, and I have. And, uh, but I am trying to tell you that uh, what about the guys that got it started that you couldn't wear patent leather shoes? Yeah. And they started preaching against it. And all you folks that got all that hair, you couldn't use hairspray. You couldn't use gel. Yeah. And all the young preachers are coming around what do we do? What can we use? You know? My pastor said, get something that works and stick with it. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good practical advice. You know? Oh, some of the crazy ideas that people get and get all outside of the Scripture, get all kinds of mixed up. And you know what? Not to get involved with that, I'm with you. But what's in the book and what's there in subject matter and that is set and settled among us we need to stick with that. We need to stick with that. Remove not the ancient landmark, the scripture said. All right? You don't just throw the good things. I told a woman at the post office one day, she was, I forget what she was all messed up about. And I and I said, 
I said, well, I said, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And she, baby out with the bathwater? Baby out with the bathwater? You know? Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that little B. Elizabeth there gets, and my man and Noah, I'm sure they get their baths. And I'm sure we have to get rid of that dirty water. But when you get rid of the dirty water, you don't get rid of the baby. You know? Okay? So we don't want to lose anything good here when we're getting rid of the thing we need to get rid of. All right? So you, might, you don't want to find yourself all kinds of shook up here and off balance and moving and movable. You don't want your ways to be movable. They absolutely were fighting battles. The Philistines were surrounding them and giving them a breaking out here and breaking out there and breaking out over there. And finally, they, they were right in the middle of the harvest. They were in the middle of a parcel of wheat or barley or beans, however you want to explain it, whatever your appetite is telling you that day. And, uh, and they set themselves. They said, we ain't moving. This is it. With this is IT it. You know, you may be mixed up. You may be unsettled. You may be up and down. But I'm not. My mind is settled. My life is settled. My heart settled. I'm going to be unmovable. I'm going to grow here. Okay? Okay. Somebody said one time, bloom where you're planted. You know? I'm glad that God had a lot of people that did just that. You know? The Holy Ghost told Philip, not the apostle. Philip, the sandwich maker. <laughs> Fill up the iced tea and Kool-Aid and cranberry pourer. Huh? Yeah. Taking care of them widows. Yeah. Yeah. We mean go pick weeds. You know, want to fly high. Want to be the big dog. Well, we need somebody to make sandwiches for the widows to minister to their needs. They're feeling neglected. Hmm. Well, I'd like to do that. Well, I don't know. We've got to check your qualifications. You've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Right in the book. I'm quoting you the book. What do what the old cowboys used to say? I read them from the book. <laughs> and, then, and then if they was really a bunch of randy guys and smart aleck, then they'd make them sing Rock of Ages. You know? Yeah. Yeah, there was some of Pete's kinfolk <laughs> way back in the day with General Lee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You get, you get set. You, they, they were in that harvest area. They were in that field of barley. And they said, this is it. This is what we wanted. This is what we need. This is... This is all, what it's all about. How much more so in our day and age? You know? Do you know that hardly a service that we have here has less than 40 young people? Now, you look around our town, you don't find the young people in church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. 
No, no, no. No. No, no, no. They're going to ball games where they can fight and kill each other. Hello. <laughs> yeah. And they're running drugs. And they're on the street gambling. One young man got killed in the street corner where they were doing the dice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, but of course, don't worry about it. We got the hireling. We'll call in somebody to do the funeral and tell how he's dunking in heaven. Mm -hmm. Oh, they can, they can paint all kinds of things for you. And they can whitewash things and they can hide all the dirt. But it eventually surfaces. And everybody really knows. You know, everybody really knows. Well, you want to really know. You want to really know the truth. You want to really believe the message. And believe me, I want everybody to be saved. I want everybody to be pulled out of the fire. But it's going to take that, pulling out of the fire, pulling out of the horrible pit. It's going to take salvation. No, somebody said, well, that's my religion. Forget your religion. That's man-made views. That just produces all kinds of denominations. Things that are started by men and women. No, no, no. The Bible said God set. Where'd that sun come from? God did that. Where'd that moon come from? God did that. Where'd those stars come from? God did that. And God set them there. Set them there. And we're down the road of 6,000 years of man's recorded history. Don't know how long they were there before man started recording history. You know? So don't worry about when they talk to you about evolution. You know? you know? We've done testing and that thing's 24 million years old. Well, hey, you know what? Maybe it is. I'm just picking up where it said in the beginning, God. That's recorded. That's settled in my mind. I'm not going to hinge my eternity on a maybe so or what you think so. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. I'm set. I'm set. You know? I'm telling you, I meet people all the time, witness to people all the time, and they, they've got the craziest ideas. They come up with them. I, uh, Brother Enrique was telling me about, he had a guy that I guess is kind of close to him from years, and he, he said he, he was going to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and he wanted him to come. And so Brother Enrique took the time. I hope you don't mind me telling this, Brother took the time and took the family and they went over there and he said with all the hullabaloo and all the back and forth and all the blah, 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 they never did baptize in the name of Jesus. And he said to the guy, hey. And then it's all, well, you mean no speaking English, you know? I mean, just excuse after excuse after excuse, you know? And then there's going to be those that say, well, you know, maybe God will let me get by. No, he's not going to let you get by. He said, except. There's no way around it. And you shouldn't be trying to find a way around it. I'm not trying to find a way out of the church. I'm trying to find a way to stay in there and climb the ladder. Wasn't it Jacob? My God, he fell asleep in the house of God. 
He woke up and said, wow, look where I am. And I didn't even know it. I was tired. You better stay awake. Not just here in these pews, but you better stay awake. God, help me to stay awake. If God shakes me up a little bit, then I need shaking then. I used to, I used to have a thing. I remember, oh, we laughed. We looked back over 48 years of marriage, and, you know, we started out. <laughs> we started out on a motorcycle buying junior whoppers every day. Just two kids, you know. And then uh, and the first one was coming along, and, and we realized we might better get rid of the motorcycle, and uh, especially when certain things showed themselves, and uh, it wasn't a good, good situation. So we got rid of the motorcycle. Well, and then we, we graduated as little heads were sitting around the table with us, said, hamburger helper. That was the big meal. That was the big deal and the big meal. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was, there was other things that, you know, we talked about. We laughed, we laughed, we laughed, we laughed. My God, you'd have thought we were having the finest meal in the finest restaurant. <laughs> but who cared? Because that, that's not what counts. When you, when you get the Holy Ghost, I remember reading the first time I ever read the book of Ecclesiastes. When I got done reading that book, I said, wow. I, I felt like I'd read it all. I felt like I didn't need to know another thing. That was it. I'd hit the top. I'd hit the apex. This is it. I went at the top of the top of the top. <laughs> of course, you know, then you find out you, you're just barely scratching the surface, right? That's, when you, you, that's what you really find out. But, but, man, I just remember the exuberation and the enthusiasm and the, the happiness that came around realizing, you know, that I have the truth. I have the message. I'm in the body of Christ, you know, and that I'm, I'm no longer a wandering star. Yeah? I want to be one of those that God set. I was glad when he placed me. I'm looking back on 48 years. 47th, 48th, I'm starting, 49th of marriage, 48th of being in the church. And I'm telling you, I'm looking back and I'm thanking God. Thanking God that he could take somebody that was so unstable and actually plant them, set them in the body of Christ. And it's only by his grace. That sun is up there 93 million miles away and it don't take but a brief glimpse for you to look that far. Think about it. You're looking 93 million miles away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in enough trouble looking at the little chart. <laughs> you know, I used to be able to read it all the way down to the very tiniest line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I got one eye that can still do that. Oh, yeah. But, man, you could step out there and 93 million miles away. Ooh. Feel like you got good vision. Well, the truth of the matter is that sun is bright. Huh? That's a bright one. That ought to, I want people to know us at a distance. Oh, I promise you when John the Baptist came to town, they knew that was John coming. They knew that old John the Baptist, John the Baptizer, they knew that. 
Oh man, oh man, he was he was a little rough looking. He wasn't a dandy, you know. He was a little rough looking. But he uh and he had his leather belt, you know, and he had roaches hanging out of the corners of his mouth. Really wasn't roaches, but we like to use that. <laughs> Gets your attention. It was really snap beans, I reckon, something like that, dripping with honey. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And he didn't, he didn't mess around. He, he didn't mess around. Well, we, well, you know, I just don't understand. And you know, uh, yeah. John the Baptist said, "Repent, repent." <laughs> you know, he wasn't playing around. He was letting them know. You better straighten up. You better get a, the right attitude about you. You think God's going to keep playing around with us? Playing around? Tolerating? Tolerating? There's a point where you can, I'm going to tell you, it's in the Bible. I read where God gave up. God gave up. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, he gave them up. Now, it really reads. Just gave them up to an unqualified mind, to a reprobate mind, to a mind that a heart that he just not going to be able to salvage that and work with that. Took too much, too much attitude, too much movability, too much resisting getting set, getting solid, getting balanced. Yeah. Can't wear that suit. It's the wrong material. That was another thing that went along with the patent leather shoes. Wrong material. You know? Boy, people can get all enthusiastic about the most ridiculous things. Hear me? The most unedifying things. It's really wonderful when you get some things settled in your life. Where the sleeve belongs, where the hem belongs, and, and that's it. You know, my pastor's wife, I had a guy one time, and that guy was as movable as, as I don't know what, just unbelievable. Raised right, taught right, trained right, used of God, and then, you know, just didn't believe fat meat was greasy. Didn't believe nothing. Yeah. And he said something to me. Hey, how's brother and sister Dunn doing? I just happened to see him at a graduation. And uh, I said, they're doing great. I said, sister Dunn, I said her hemlight hasn't changed in 40, 50 years. Exactly the same. Boy, he just didn't know where to go. Because his wife's wearing miniskirt. Raised right, taught right, trained right, but threw it all away, flushed it down the toilet, threw it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And strutting high. Yeah, strutting high. And, of course, like all porters, hirelings, you know, opening the gate, come on over here, come on over here. You can do what you want. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I don't believe that 
that little Alyssa there, I don't believe we're going to trust her to just anybody. You know? You know? But people, people kind of trust themselves, their lives, their families, to anything. I knew a preacher, he was in the town. He went there as a young man, and um, he had a bad leg, a bad hip. But uh, he was strong as a bull. And he was a solid man. He was a good man. And uh, when he died, he'd had over 60 years in that one town. Raised his family there. and Probably had, I think he had five or six children, all now adults, of course. I love it when they say about kids. You know, don't all the kids say when they're 18, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm 18. You know? And now they're 40 and they're like, Still calling them kids. I'm going, what kids? <laughs> we left the kid title a long time ago. You know. But this preacher, he uh, raised his family and uh, dug out the work, had a good congregation, loved God. Eventually, um, they also opened an academy, and uh, began to have not only school, um, I mean not only church, but also school. Not only Sunday school, but what we call Monday school. And uh, so he had this little old kid. You guys are too old, can't use you. Little old kid, five years old, five years old. And... Uh, don't get uncomfortable. I'm not going to get on your case. <laughs> Five years old. And the little kid did something. He got reprimanded. Nothing terrible. Nobody hung him by his toes or anything like that. He just got reprimanded. You can't do that. You know, we don't do things that way. That's not the proper way to do things. Well, he goes home being that upstanding brat that he was. <laughs> and he tells his mom and dad, oh, God, you did that. I had to sit in the corner. And I did this and I did that. So the dad takes this attitude. No, what the dad did was he manifested a latent, dormant attitude that was working in his life. And boy, that thing bloomed. And he pulled a kid out of the school. But then the real thing. Pulled the family out of the church. And then the grandparents followed them and they left. Oh, yeah. But you see, not too far down the road, you could get a TV, claim salvation there. You could shorten up your skirts there, your sleeves there. Yeah, you could, you know, grow, have a little growth going on there. Oh, lots of things. Because the only rule was, there's no rules. That's the only rule. Just do whatever you want to. After all, we're just interested in, in counting heads. We're not, we're not interested in staying biblical. We're not interested, interested in having quality. Not interested in any of that stuff. While you're getting ready to play, you might want to, it might be a little cold. Everybody said praise the Lord? Okay. We'll, we'll make it a little warmer in here so you can thaw out. How's that? All right. Everybody said praise the Lord. You know, it's very important to get settled, I'm trying to tell you. You've got people that the Bible teaches 
uses the terminology running to and fro. And there's going to be people that are going to be doing just that. Very mixed up minds. They've lived very mixed up lives. Running to and fro. They're going to eventually be running right with the devil because that's what he does. He runs to and fro. Seeking whom he may devour. Whose mind, whose heart he can get a hold of. And a, a guy that was a false prophet, actually, told it. You know, he would set up his tent, and he would go places, and, you know, kind of like the guy that came here many, many years ago, and he, uh, he said, um, and we had a guy that left. He sat right, right here in the second row, and he had left, and he was gone for nine years. And so somewhere along the line, he, he's bouncing around at different so-called churches and always leaving, always a complaint, and he gets... Gets in this tent and he sits in the back. And he hears the guy that's claiming to be an end time prophet. And he says, uh, If you'll come up here and give me $50, I'll give you the Holy Ghost. It was either $50 or $100, one or the other. It's probably $100. Sounds more like it. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to get them and fleece them, you might as well get them and fleece them. Right? Don't settle for chump change. Right? So uh, he said, when that guy said that, he said, I got up and I walked out. And he came right back here. Took him nine years to make this statement. Now I know why senior pastor does the things that he does and the way he does it. Took him nine years to figure that out. Would he, would he be classified, we're all you educators, as a slow learner? <laughs> you know, come on. You know, we, there's some experience that comes along with this. You know that. There's some experience that comes along with it. There's some reasons why we don't do some things, and there's certainly some reasons why we do things a certain way. You know, somewhere down the road, we got, we got your heart, your life is our interest. It's what we care about. We, we're, we want you. I, I want to present you. I want you. I want to have some. You know, I can't, I'm not going to wear all that bling now. But one day... One day I'm going to get me a crown. Yeah, and, and all of you that are there are going to be my, my little stars in my crown. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Lord, help us to get set, not to be movable. You know? One place in the Bible, I love it, where David said that some things are too high for me. I wish some people would get that humility, you know? always want to throw their voice around and throw, give their two cents worth. Well, your two cents isn't worth much anymore with inflation. You'll have to give a little bit more. You, you give a little more prayer. Give a little more thought. You know that now I lay me down to sleep. That prayer ain't going to work. <laughs> that just ain't going to cut the mustard. That is not going to get God's attention. I always worry about these houses over here. Man, I'm not really worried about it. I hope they do here. When I come here sometimes very early, and I'm lifting up my voice, if they wake up, well, good. They need to, I, I hope I beat the rooster. 
Lots of times I've seen the socks on the rooster. You ever seen the socks on the rooster? That's quite a little sight. Yeah. Everybody said, praise the Lord. You know, you need, you need to talk to God a little bit here. If you don't wake anything else up, maybe you'll wake yourself up to what you've got, to what God's given you, how God has set you in the church, fixed you firmly, that earthquakes aren't going to move you, hurricanes aren't going to move you, false doctrine's not going to move you, gossip isn't going to move you. Oh, you got that one, huh? Because there's lots of that stuff always floating around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to do the other. I'll even rob God to get what I want. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I, I, I could tell you things, and I got to quit now, but, you know, I had a guy right a couple of streets over years and years ago, raised his family up here, and uh, I don't know what we didn't do for them. I mean everything in helping them. Lots of times you look back and say, I should have left them right where they were in the beginning. Just should have left them there in poverty and never done nothing. <laughs> then you repent. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, I remember. He quit giving his time. Yeah. Just, just up and quit. You know it's written, will a man rob God? Well, the answer to that is very often is yes. People will. God is good and good and good and good and good, and then all of a sudden God's like, huh, yeah. And he started, you know what, and, and he bought a, a bright, I mean bright red Camaro and tried to hide it. You know, it's hard to hide a bright red Camaro, you know. Should have bought a black one or a gray, you know, but not bright red. Yeah, try to hide it, try to hide it. You know, oh, get some things fixed in your mind. Get it settled in your mind. Set yourself to reap that harvest in that barley field. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. Amen and amen. I'm going to tell you what. It's really nice to be solid. You know, to be solid. Yeah, to be solid. I was at a hospital one time. I went there to pray for a man that had been in our church for a long time, way back even to Miami. And uh, I went there. It was over in West Palm. And I went to pray for him. He was sick. Wound up he was sick unto death. And as a little bit of time went by, he did die, which going to happen to everybody. But I'd say he died definitely a little prematurely. And it was very sad and unfortunate. But uh, while I was going into his room, just, just a few feet away from walking into his room, one of those hirelings was walking out. We had a little talk. You know, he, he wanted to talk to me. I mean, when you get... It's like a child. When you get caught, wait till Noah gets his fingers in the cookie jar. <laughs> and he gets that chocolate all over his face. And, and his mother looks at him and says, you've been in the cookie jar. No. <laughs> right. 
has all the evidence smeared all over the place, you know. <laughs> Typical kids, right? We've all had that experience, I'm sure. And so, but I'm saying to you, <laughs> think about, think about this case, and here I am face to face, you know. And uh, oh, he he wanted to talk. Well, I guess he did want to talk. But the, somebody said one time, you got some explaining to do. And uh, and the, and the more we talked, the more he kept pulling me further and further into a, some kind of dark corridor because he was ashamed and embarrassed and he got caught red-handed. And I wasn't trying to catch anybody. I was trying to go pray for somebody. Somebody that was in our congregation had been for many, many, many years. And uh, so it boiled down to church family. You know, you know, Tom sets himself and when you guys want to try to take him down, you're going to run into more than you think. You know? I promise you that. That's a promise. Well, that guy ran into more when that little skinny or thin, you know, 150-pound preacher <laughs> was going to pray for somebody in his church, and that guy come out. He bumped into something that wasn't quite so movable. And when I got done with him, he actually said to me, I want to shake my hand. And I said, no. no I'm not going to be a hypocrite, no. And he said, well, someday you might get to run with some real preachers. And I said, if they're anything like you, I said, I'll never run with them. Definitely parted ways. You know, you know, you got to fight the devil where you meet him. I don't care what he calls himself or she calls herself. You got to stand up. You got to be solid. You don't have to be ugly, but you can be firm. You know, you can be firm. You ever reach out to grab something because you stumbled or you tripped or about to slip? And you were mighty glad that what you grabbed and held on to was solid. I know you've had that experience at least once in your life. Oh, yeah. I'm glad for the solidness of this message. I'm glad for the solidness of the body of Christ. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. They had been running their mouths doing all kinds of junk, and being so slippery about it. What did Paul say? I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. Lest you would be deceived. Lest you the, because the enemy is so subtle, so sneaky, so cunning. Oh, yeah. And you'd be like Eve in the garden. Mess everything up. Disobey. Oh, brother. And boy, Eve, didn't she have the excuses? Oh, it's good to look at. It's really nice. Really, this, really. You know? And all of that silly little immature garbage that was coming out of Eve's mouth, it didn't change a thing. It had its consequences. And we're still reaping them today. 
6,000 years down the road. Oh, God, help us. Generation after generation until if you're not careful, you're going to produce a Philistine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, help us. God, help us to appreciate what we've got. Appreciate what God has given to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Help me to be set. Be set. I can't gamble with this church family. Wasn't that a stupid place? And I know it's debatable. But debate is, is located between murder and deceit in the Bible, so let's not debate. Here at the foot of the cross. Got a bleeding, stretched out Savior. A bloody mess. Hanging there. And they totally ignored that because they were gambling for his clothes. What's important to you? What's important to you? What's got your attention? Yeah. Yeah. And you go open your your mouth and you say things. You create situations. You add fuel to the fire. You embolden people who are rebellious. Oh yeah. Because it's something you want. Wow, I want that garment. I'm gonna I'll gamble with you. Come on. Well what about ah, I'm gonna ignore that. I can put that out of my mind right now. That's how some people are. Like you take a coat off, just hang Jesus on a coat hanger. <laughs> Come get you later. Right now I got to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get set. There's a harvest. Let's set our affections, our emotions, our feelings on things that are above. Not on earth, but things down there down at the foot of the cross. Playing with things, playing with your life, playing with the family. Of course, you. My wife got out the other day and was trying to clean up from the hurricane, and, and you know most of that stuff came from the bougainvilleas. They got a lot of thorns. She said, "I got a thorn in my toe. I got a thorn in my thumb." <laughs> she started telling me, I said, "Okay, okay, okay. All right, it's a pretty thorny situation." Yeah, well, some people are are thorny. You know that, and you can't even talk to them. You can't say nothing to them. They've already got an attitude, and it's just going to grow exponentially, you know? Oh. And I thought we were interested in being saved and saving others. That's staying saved stuff. You know, that's where the rubber meets the road, you know? We'll find out about what, <laughs> it's like my wife said, the, uh, the Holy Ghost, that guy, guy said, and not the same Holy Ghost we got, honey. <laughs> you know, you bump into people with attitudes and bad mouths and say all kinds of junk and, oh, brother, and you're like, and they're claiming the Holy Ghost? More like the, they should be claiming the unholy ghost or spirit. What they should be claiming. Oh, this cleans you up, church family. 
This changes your attitude for the good. This makes you teachable and trainable to where Jesus could tell 50, sit there, and 100, sit there, and, and I'm going to feed you. Oh, brother. You become trainable. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He just calms those waves down. Isn't that what he did? Stepped out on the boat, the deck? Oh, yeah. Man, they was rocking all over the place, and that boat was filling up, and they, don't you care? Peace. Be still. Maybe you need to learn to shut your mouth a little bit. Going around the house like a little brat, just complaining all the time. Getting everybody stirred up. And you're so out of place when God sets you. He sets you in the body. Amen. What if God made you an ear? Wouldn't you look funny if your ear was talking? Be like, man, it's kind of warped, ain't it? You better let God show you your place in the body. Come out looking plenty, plenty foolish. Can the Bible say that the eye would say to the ear, I'm not of the body because I'm not the ear? You know, I want to do this and I want to do that. What if I, what if I grab the mic and I come up here and I say, I want to sing. Oh, God, everybody would run out of here. But I know that. So I only sing in the shower. <laughs> One time my wife yelled from the bedroom. She said, shut up! <laughs> Man, I'll have to get me a soundproof shower, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm glad the Lord said, you know, make a joyful noise. And I'm counting that he's evaluating my singing is joyful. <laughs> Let me get by with it. Oh, brother. Let me. Fit where God put me and let me get set. Amen. You know, wouldn't it be funny if my hand started telling me stuff, just talking to me, telling me, I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, you don't need to tell the preacher all. You know, you don't need to do that. You don't need to lift your voice. You don't need to get that attitude. You don't need to do that. Don't need to do that at all. It just gets all kinds of warped. Everybody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, brother. You know, I love the Lord. And I love the truth. And I love you. You know. But at some point, it got to be a little getting set. Let's get set. For the defense of the gospel, for the truth. I don't want to get hard as a rock just because I want to have my way. All that's doing is, is revealing flesh. Bad attitude. Everybody said amen. amen. Come on, let's get set for the truth. Amen. Sometimes that's hard. I'm going to finish by saying, you get ready to sing. And the men can get ready to take the offering. I'm going to tell you a true account. 
I want you to raise your hand if you've ever heard of Houdini. Okay. Okay. Well, Houdini, Houdini was a, among other things, he was, you know, a, magi a magician type thing, you know, hocus pocus. And, and he was very fit. Did a lot of sit-ups. He kept himself in great physical shape. He, they would put chains all around him and drop him in the water. Next thing you know, he'd bop up like a buoy and no chains. And they'd lock him in saves in a safe, you know, and uh, put chains on, lock him in that safe, and next thing you know, he's out of the chains and he's out of the safe. He gave away a little something one time. He said, he said, locks are to keep you out, not to keep you in. In other words, he was on the inside. It was easier to line up those tumblers and <laughs> open that door and get out. <laughs> All right. So, but my point is, is that he would harden his abdomen He'd let anybody hit him. Anybody. Well, one day, one big old country boy said he, he wanted to take a shot. He was a big old boy way back in the country. And uh, so Houdini was getting himself set, and somebody came and tapped him on the shoulder. And he turned to see who it was, and when he did, he relaxed, and that kid hit him right then. And eventually he died from that blow because he'd gotten distracted. He'd gotten distracted. He'd gotten distracted. We've got to be careful about the distractions, about the things that can grab our mind's attention. And we might relax too much. And the enemy knows when to attack and where to attack. Okay? set. I'm set. God set me in the church. The church is set upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief. Everybody said amen. amen. Got the opportunity of eternity to have this truth and have this message. You don't want to be Playing footsies with the undertaker or footsies with the boys at school or the girls somewhere. I don't want to be doing that. I told one of our young ladies last night, I said, you're worth me protecting. This truth is so great, church family. You don't need to duck and hide and try to get around somehow and, you know, we're concerned. We love you. We want you to make it. But playing around and acting silly and listening to the wrong voices, like I told you, cost that preacher three generations. A little guy, I feel so bad for that little boy. Well, anything that he experiences, he's got his unbelieving parents to thank for it, not the church. Oh, yeah, five years old, went right. Parents, right out. Then got the grandparents, went right out. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And I've seen them. I've seen them years later. You'd never knew that they had this. You just wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. God help us. Everybody said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. Amen. God help us. Whatever year, I want them to know I've got it. I want them to see me like John the Baptizer way down the road. Oh, boy. Here he comes. That's right. Here he comes. Full of fire, full of power, full of truth. He's set. He's solid. We can count on that. We can count on that. We can count on that. You're going to wake up one day, and you're not going to be able to recognize, know that anybody's ever been connected with truth. And I've seen people like that. And I'm telling you, there's people all over the place that once, they once knew. Just like the nurse of ours, nurse of ours, had the truth, went into the hospital room, famous celebrity's father, started witnessing to him. And his response was, oh, yes. He said, we once knew the way. Oh, God. I read that in the book of Jude. You read that? You ever read the book of Jude? That's a power-packed book. That's a power-packed book in the middle of a power-packed book, <laughs> if you please. And uh, maybe not quite in the middle. But uh, once knew this. Once knew this. That's what it said. It used that same terminology, though they once knew this. Oh, my God. Thank you for what you've given us to know, Lord. Thank you for this truth. Thank you, God. I don't want to play with it. I don't want to gamble with it. I don't want to throw down, throw up my hands and quit and walk off. I don't want to do those things. I want to be fixed. I want to be firmly planted. And I've got to quit. Everybody said praise the Lord. Give God another big hand. Come on. All right. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, I'm coming to no need for my own 